Mystery Theater. I'm E.G. Marshall. What are you doing right now? As a matter of fact, what are you doing most of the time? Is it something that makes your heart sing and your spirit soar? Or do you just put in your eight hours? Is life a challenge, an adventure, a thrill for all five senses? If not, be careful. Something inside you may be trying to tell you something. And you'd better listen. Before it's too late. On the other hand, maybe you'd better not listen. But you can't be serious, Olivia. Oh, I'm deadly serious. If you'll excuse the pun. But why do you want to kill your husband? Why? Well, Doctor, he bores me. But, Olivia, that's not a reason. I disagree. It's an excellent reason. Olivia, I could say you're joking, but something tells me you're serious. I'm always serious, Doctor. But why do you have to kill John? Why don't you just divorce him? If I divorce him, I get nothing. If he dies, I get his entire estate. Oh. So that's what it's all about. Money. That's what the whole world is about, Doctor. Love and money. Right now, I have neither. Within a week, I shall have both. mystery drama, Sleepwalker, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tammy Grimes. John Worcester is 70. His wife, Olivia, is 35. And uh, if some of you are already saying, aha, believe me, you have something to say, aha, about. Our story begins at 2.30 of a dark, moonless morning in the garage of their country home, which is called Eagle's Nest, because it's high, high on a hilltop. And why does it begin in the garage? Well, because somebody seems to be working on John Worcester's expensive imported sports car. At 2.30 a.m.? Who could it be? Why, it's Olivia. Blonde, slim, delicate Olivia. And what is she doing? She appears to be doing something to the brakes. Doing it deftly and swiftly. And now she's finished. She washes her hands, removes her coveralls, revealing only a beautiful lacy nightgown, and walks slowly into the house. Olivia! Olivia! Uh, Olivia! Hold on! Hold on! Olivia, my darling, you're walking in your sleep again. Walking? You are. That's impossible. Then what are you doing out here in the hallway? Here? Here in the... In what hallway? And look at the trail of destruction you've left. Oh, the vases. The vases you brought home from Greece. Must be true. I... I do walk in my sleep. Where was I? I don't know. And, uh, what could I have been doing? 
Now, dear, get back to bed and we'll worry about all that in the morning. Good morning, dear. Good morning. May I pour you some coffee? Thank you. Uh, did you get through the night without further ambulatory activity? I, uh, I wouldn't know. Now, are you convinced that you walk in your sleep? Yes. I, uh, I suppose I am. Did you know there's an opera about sleepwalking? It's called La Sonambula by Giacomo Bellini. I never would have suspected it. Bellini. He was a contemporary of Rossini. Rossini, Bellini, Donizetti. They were great rivals. Why should I walk in my sleep? Poor Bellini died very young, 34, I think. But La Sonambula was produced in New York 50 years later. Oh, who cares about all that? Hmm? Honestly, darling, sometimes... Sometimes what? Oh, sometimes... Can't you just let things go... I, uh, I don't have to have a history of every little... Darling, darling, please, I thought you'd be interested. Oh, I'm, I'm very much worried. I'm, I'm concerned. Why do I sleepwalk? That's what you're going to ask Dr. Schwartz. I don't think this is anything to see a doctor about. I spoke with him just a few minutes ago. You're to drop over there right away. Oh, but I can't. Mm, why not? Because you need the car. You have a golf date. I cancelled it. But you were... You were looking forward to playing. It would be better for all concerned if I stayed home and started another chapter on my book. Now, I want you to see the doctor. Please, dear. It could be quite serious. All right. But what can he give me for my sleepwalking? Libby? Yes, dear? You must promise me something. Yes, dear. Promise to go down the hill in second gear? Oh, yes, dear. No, I'm serious. You know how that road twists and turns and how steep the grade is? Promise? Yes, dear, I promise. You see, the rate of acceleration can be expressed by the formula T equals... Darling, C. have I ever broken my promise? Now, wait a minute. Have a little smudge on your nose. Where? On the tip. Oh, and on the lobe of your ear. Oh, how did you get there? I did wash this morning. Highly significant. Of what? Honoré de Balzac says... Oh, please. No, 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 wait a minute. This should amuse you. He said that the surest way to tell a woman's age is by the tip of her nose and the lobe of her ear. <laughs> I've got the same kind of smudge on my thumb. I'd better go back inside. You'll be late. The doctor's trying to fit you in. Now, please, please, drive carefully. I always do. And remind him of Emily Dickinson's warning to doctors. Surgeons must be very careful when they take the knife. Underneath their fine incisions stirs the patient's life. Oh, yes, I'll do that. There are times when I could kill him. No, no, I don't mean that. I just wish... Shut up. Now, what are those smudges he mentioned? How did I... How did I get them? I didn't notice it when I went to bed last night. And so it, it must have happened while I was... while I was sleepwalking. Oh, and I'd better slow down. I really had better slow down. I better... The brakes. The brakes. What's wrong with the brakes? I'll, ne I'll never make it. I'll never get around that curve. I'll never... I'll never... I can't make it. 
Darling. You all right? Yes. Yes, I'm fine. I've been kept here, they said, for observation. And then something's wrong. Well, yes, in reverse. Oh, well, what? The car was totaled. But me, I don't even have so much as a scratch. And Dr. Schwartz and the rest, well, it has them confused. What does? Shouldn't I have suffered some injury? Well, that's true. Statistically... Some token injury? I mean, look at it from their point of view. What did happen? The brakes. They failed. That's impossible. I stepped down the pedal. And I didn't have any brakes. Yeah, but I told Teddy to take care of the brakes last week. We had a complete new set. The brakes were perfect. They may have been perfect, but they didn't exist when I was coming down the hill. Oh, brakes don't go bad suddenly for no apparent reason. Ah, oh, what could have happened? I don't know. I don't have the faintest idea. Teresa, did you bring me the book I asked about? Oh, yes, ma'am. And I, I, I don't mind telling you, they thought I was crazy at the library... Lassen, I'm something. I couldn't even pronounce it. Thank you, Teresa. Are you coming home today? As soon as I see Dr. Schwartz. Oh, I don't know why they kept you here. Oh, uh, listen, you, you know the, the pink lace nightgown? Well, <laughs> I, I never said laundry was my strong point. I mean what I am, basically, as a cook. What happened to the nightgown? Well, you, you had a smudge, a, a, a smudge of dirt, and well, I, I kept rubbing at it, you know... Well, I, I, I rubbed too hard, and now well, you've got a hole there. And like I say, laundry isn't isn't what I... On the pink nightgown? What kind of dirt? Well, now, that's what I couldn't figure out. It was like, like grime, you know? No, I don't know. Well, it's like what Teddy gets all over himself in his clothes when, when he works in the garage. Oh. So, um, well, how could it get on your nightgown? I, I don't know. There's only one way to figure it. You was walking in your sleep. What would I have been doing in the garage? Don't ask me. Sleepwalking, somnambulism, is definitely the sign of a psychic disturbance. An unhappy person is trying to find a way out of an intolerable situation. There's an opera called La Sonambula. A Swiss farm girl is engaged to a farm boy. A duke visits the village. They find her in the duke's bedroom. Why was she sleepwalking in the duke's bedroom? Why not in her fiancé's? Why was I sleepwalking in the garage? How do you know you were in the garage? I had grease on my hands, face, and my nightgown. Hmm. What was in the garage? Now, really, Dr. Schwartz, what would be in the garage? The car. Nothing else. No one else. This was 2.30 in the morning. I never believed people could walk in their sleep. Well, they can. Oh, I know that now. Tell me, what else can people do in their sleep? Theoretically, you can do almost anything you're able to do while you're awake. But you're asleep. What is sleep? Actually, you disassociate yourself from your real existence. But why? You keep asking why, and I keep telling you it's because your real existence is intolerable. I'm frightened. Oh, I'm frightened. I know what I was doing in the garage. Yes? I was tampering with the brakes. Could I do that in my sleep? 
You could if you know anything about brakes, which you obviously don't. Why do you say I obviously don't? I took a course in automobile mechanics. You did? Why shouldn't women know about mechanics? Well, it's, it's just that... Are we invading another sacred masculine domain? You haven't told me why you think you were in the garage tampering with the brakes. Why would you want to kill yourself, Olivia? I didn't want to kill myself. Then why did you deliberately ruin the brakes? That should have been a sure way to end your life. I know that hill leading down from the house. Doctor, it was only by chance, a fluke, that I was driving the car. If I fix those brakes because I wanted to kill someone, then that someone is John. I hardly ever drive the car. John, I... I can't believe that you would want to kill John. Why would I go to all that trouble to kill myself? Surely I could think of easier ways to die. Olivia, do you really want to kill John? Yes. Now that I think about it, now that you bring that thought out in the light, I do want to kill John. I really do. And they appeared to be such a happily married couple, too. But that's how it goes. We all tend to make our judgments based on surface things. And what kind of surface do you present to the world? Well, we'll be dealing more with the subconscious, the unconscious, and even the conscious when I return shortly with Act Two. you walk in your sleep is because you're trying to go somewhere, and that somewhere is away from here, because here has become an impossible place. Olivia Worcester wants to leave her husband in the basic sense, which means leave him dead. In her first attempt, engineered by her subconscious, she almost killed herself. What now? But why do you want to kill John? Because I simply cannot stand him any longer. That's hardly a reason to kill him. It's the talking. The constant, everlasting, endless talking that's driving me crazy. That's why I can't stand him. But surely, Olivia, the need to communicate... Who says people have to communicate all the time? What's so glorious about communication if all you communicate is boredom and nonsense? Well, I... Listen, Doctor. My husband, John, is... Well, how, how would you like to be married to a dictionary? An encyclopedia, a record book, an anthology that just goes on and on, day and night. If it's so bad, why don't you leave him? You mean divorce? Yes. I don't believe in divorce. I took a vow to, uh... I know what you're going to say. Human beings are changeable animals and cannot really make lifelong pledges. Well, yes, basically. Then what happens to ethics? To morality? You're willing to commit murder and you talk about ethics and morality? What's immoral or unethical about murder? We always can find ways to justify it in the name of a higher purpose, especially when an entire nation does it. You can't compare a nation's fight for freedom, for, for independence. Why with... not? The reason I want to commit murder is for my freedom, for my independence. But you have an alternative, divorce. I made a vow never to divorce him. I didn't make a vow not to murder him. That's a very convenient morality. You can't mean all this. You doctors. <laughs> 
You want everything so nice and neat and orderly. And most of your patients play that game with you because they want your approval. But this is how I think and how I feel. We have to do something about it. That's right. Because if I don't kill him, then I'll keep on walking in my sleep where I have an excellent chance of killing myself. You need therapy, Libby. Let me recommend a psychiatrist. And what will he do? Make my thinking more acceptable? The word is normal. Same thing. You want me to learn to put up with John or agree to a quiet divorce? Yes. And if I go the divorce route, I'll lose out on most of John's estate. So, money's an issue here, too. Certainly. Love and money. What else is life all about? Libby, John's twice your age. He'll die long before you will. Not the way he takes care of himself. Age is age. He may die of natural causes if you give him a chance. As a physician, aren't you required to keep what I told you confidential? No. Not where it concerns criminal intent. But what is there I could say to John? Or to the police? Who would believe me? Do you believe me? Yes. I believe you. But what can I do about it? Come in. What is it, Teresa? Uh, Mrs. Worcester, uh, I-, I was wondering if... Well, if, if, if you'd go downstairs and put in a good word for Teddy. Why? Well, Mr. Worcester's fixing to fire him. Fire Teddy? Why would anybody want to fire Teddy? Well, the mister's real upset with Teddy. And, well, if he fires him, I, I don't know what I'd ever do. You see, you see, Teddy's asked me to marry him. He did? Well, not in so many words, but, well, he's been hinting at it. So, well, how could I stay here if he's canned? Well... Well, we can't let that happen. Wait. What have you got there? Is that a gun? Yes, ma'am. It's Teddy's old thirty-two caliber revolver. What are you doing? Well, when Teddy loses his temper, he's apt... Well, you see, he shouldn't be near a gun. Oh, he calms down mighty quick, but... But to be on the safe side, but could you take this and just hide it somewhere? But I... No, uh... please, please. He, he, he'll know I took it, and he'll get it out of me. All right. Go downstairs. I'll hide the gun till he comes to his senses. And you will try to make Mr. Worcester see reason and not fire him. Of course. Now, how long's this been going on? How long's what been going on? How long have I been paying for gasoline that I never used? Repairs that were never made? Supplies that were never delivered? I don't know what you're talking about. I have here a bill for $72 for new brakes. You got new brakes, Mr. Worcester. Brakes that lasted less than a week. Mrs. Worcester was almost killed. How do you explain that? I I can't explain it. I'm sure you have a very comfortable arrangement with all the shopkeepers in town. Look, I don't have to take that from anybody. John, dear, I can hear you all over... You're fired. You can't fire me. I quit. Please, listen to me, both of you. I want you off this property immediately. Now pack your things and go. You couldn't pay me $50,000 to stay here another five minutes. Over the years, that's probably what you've stolen. Once a jailbird... I'm coming back here with a gun, and you better be ready to apologize. John, I cannot believe... Be quiet, my dear. Hello? Who is this? Oh, Amanda, uh, connect me with the sheriff right away. John, will you please? I will not be taken advantage of that. Oh, hello, Sheriff Adams. John Worcester. No, damn it, I don't want to go fishing. 
All I want to tell you is if ever I should be shot to death, the killer is Teddy Kellogg. Yes, I caught him stealing. John, you did no such thing. I faced him with it. He turned nasty and he threatened me. Uh, no, no, it won't do you any good to come up. If he's going to do it, he can do it before you get here. Now, I just want you to know, if it happens, who the killer is. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Teddy wouldn't kill anybody. He couldn't. Teddy would, could, and has. Thirty years ago, he got into a fight over a girl. Teddy? Yeah. He killed his rival in a fit of anger. When he came out of jail, I was the only one willing to give him a job. And this is how he repays me. I caught him. He never had those brakes fixed, and it almost killed you. I'm sure there must be some other explanation. Hmm? Suppose you had been killed in that crash. And Teddy also kills me. You know the probability of both the husband and wife meeting a violent death during peacetime? No. In this country, the odds are now one in 18 million. I'm thrilled to hear it. The word kill has a fascinating etymology. Darling, I really... I'm I'm not interested. Kill and quell share the same root. What would you like Mm. for dinner? And oddly enough, so does qualm. Evidently, a qualm is what you're supposed to feel when you kill. I don't think I'd feel any at all. Oh, 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 darling, you kill? Why, that's impossible. And now, dear, you're sure you don't mind staying alone in the house? I'm sure. It's only for one night. I do have to meet my publisher in New York. I said I didn't mind. I'm sorry about Teresa. John, you'll miss your plane. I realized she had to quit after I fired Teddy, but I couldn't help that. The man is so obviously a thief. Well, all that's over now. Are you sure you'll be all right? Yes. Talking about thieves, do you know the very first time the word thief is mentioned in written history? John! Ah, where has the time gone? I mustn't miss my plane. John's bed. His empty bed. And I had fired three shots into his pillow. It was a noise that had awakened me. But there I was, walking in my sleep again, trying to kill my husband again. And I knew that I would keep walking in my sleep until I did what I knew I had to do. Kill him. And right there, I suppose, a way to do it in my mind. I would get rid of my husband and my sleepwalking at the same time. And the more I thought of it, the sounder it all seemed. Well, mind if I join you? Hello, Doctor. What are you doing in town? Oh, John is in New York today, arranging to have a new book published. What about your uh, problem? Which problem? The basic problem, sleepwalking. Oh, that. Are you still at it? (laughs) Why should I be? Because you really haven't faced up to facts. Olivia, you have to leave him. What kind of horrid thing is that to say? Because if you don't, you're going to kill him. 
Wherever did you get that outlandish idea? You gave it to me. Oh, oh. Well, I just had a harrowing escape from death. I may have been somewhat out of my head. I love John. Truly. I was thinking about what you said. It makes a terrible kind of sense. His conversation drives you crazy. Did I ever say? Yes. He talks. He tries to be witty and entertaining because well, that's all he can do now. And it's, well, a, a pathetic attempt to cover up his inadequacy in other marital areas. You put that so delicately. Livy, don't be a fool. It's December and July. It doesn't work. It does? For so many people. But not for you. Your entire psyche is an open rebellion. Do you think there are too many calories in the New England clam chowder? Oh, I hope I'm not disturbing you, darling. Oh, no, 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 not at all. New book's coming along just fine. Hey, it's all about the history of marriage. That is, how marriages have influenced history. Oh, it's fascinating. Hey, do you realize that the three great European kings who were overthrown by revolutions were married to the same kind of woman? Really, John, I... Nicholas uh... of Russia, Charles I of England, Louis XVI... John, why don't I make us a cup of tea? Oh, <laughs> well, hurry back, dear. Your reactions are so important to me. Was it said? Well begun is half done. Listen to me. I'm even talking like him now. But I'm beginning to do what has to be done. And the first thing is to make a telephone call. Hello. Teddy, it's uh, it's Mrs. Worcester. Yes, ma'am. At your service. Teddy, it was a terrible misunderstanding between you and Mr. Worcester. I'm sure it was. I know for a fact. He's sorry. And he should be. I know, but, well, he'd like to have you with us again. All he's got to do is call me up and apologize. We can't do that, Teddy. You know him. Well, I got my pride, too. If you were just to come up here tonight and say hello to him, it would be as if nothing had ever happened. Well. Now, Teddy, you need the job. And he needs you. Well, okay. I'll be there. <laughs> First thing taken care of, and now for the second thing, which is another telephone call. Did Professor Alexander Graham Bell ever consider how indispensable his invention would be to all sorts of people? Sheriff Adams speaking. Sheriff, this is Olivia Worcester. Yes, ma'am. Um, uh, my husband just received a phone call from uh, Teddy Kellogg. It was a very threatening call. I listened in on the extension. Threatening? But, uh, John refuses to take it seriously. Teddy has been threatening to kill him. Yes, I know that. You see, John fired him and, and won't give him a reference. And maybe that's wrong. But right now I'm terrified. Maybe I'm being silly. I'll be right there. Don't you open the door to nobody till I arrive. And now, of course, for the third thing. The act itself... I must get Teddy's gun from the drawer where I've kept it hidden. And I shall walk very quietly back to the study. Tiptoe quietly. I will spare him the sight and the knowledge. Ah, oh, John. 
Like so many heroes, you shall die with your boots on. <clears throat> that is, in your case, busily creative at your typewriter. And now, I shall wipe my fingerprints off the gun. And do the ladylike thing. Faint at the sight of this awful blood and violence. Could the thing be more deftly done by Lucrezia Borgia or Catherine de' Medici? I realize we're using a great many historical allusions in our tale, but they fit the piece. And really, our basic problem, the true argument of our story, is stated perfectly by an old English saying. If he is withered and she is supple, they cannot make a happy couple. We shall resolve all of our problems, hopefully, when I return in just a few moments with Act Three. Sleepwalking, or somnambulism, is a deep psychic disturbance, an indication of a dangerous problem. Therefore, if one is to rid oneself of the affliction, one must rid oneself of the problem. And that's just exactly what Olivia Worcester has done. She got rid of her problem. Utterly, completely, and permanently. She killed him. Mr. Worcester? The missus said I was to come... Mr. Worcester! Mrs. Worcester! What happened? Mrs. Worcester! What happened? What happened? You... You killed him! Oh, you killed him! Mrs. Worcester, I I did no such thing. Murderer! Mrs. Worcester! You threatened to kill him when you came up here, murderer! Now, now, hold on. You you got this all wrong. I saw you do it. I was here and I saw you do it. But but I never... You had your gun and you fired at him. No, no, I didn't. You killed him! You're crazy. You just called less than 20 minutes ago. You threatened his life. I I did no such thing. I heard you on the extension. I, I better get out of here. Murderer! They'll believe her. They'll believe her. Oh, you won't escape. You won't escape. Hold on there. Hold on. Stand still, Ted Kellogg. I'm being framed. Just hold still. You're not going to make me pay for that murder. What murder? John Worcester. You mean you killed him already? I didn't kill him. Let go of me. Sheriff. Sheriff. He killed my husband. He... <laughs> He killed my poor darling husband. I didn't kill him. He came into this house like a madman. And he had the gun, gun in his hand and he, and he just shot John down. In cold blood, he emptied the gun. I fainted. Oh, it's too horrible to talk about. Now you just take it easy, Miss Worcester. Sheriff, sure, sure, it's a lie. And you shut up. You'll get your chance. Mrs. Worcester, I, I don't know what to think. Oh, Teresa, I forgive him. He didn't know what he was doing. He says you'd call him on the phone and ask him to come here. Oh, no, my dear, I'm, I'm sorry. But he, he never lied to me. My dear Teresa, he has to deny his guilt to you. He's afraid he'll lose your love. I keep telling him I'll stand by him no matter what. Poor man. I mean, after all, his reputation is important to him. I'll see to it that he gets a good lawyer. You... You will. After all, 
Part of it is John's fault. Oh, Mrs. Worcester, you are a saint. Just a minute. Oh. Hello, Olivia. Dr. Schwartz. May I come in? Thank you. I was on my way out. So, Olivia, you actually did it. Did what? Livy. You know what? Oh, please, I'm busy. You killed him. I killed John? Oh, yes. I'm, uh, I'm afraid your information is inadequate. Teddy killed John. No, I was right the first time you killed John. And then you framed Teddy. Now, see here. You have no right to... Don't waste all this outrage innocence on me. Save it for when you'll need it. I haven't the faintest notion of what you're talking about. We were all through this before. We spoke about your absolute need to kill John. But the police have Teddy. The police, being human like the rest of us, can make mistakes. No, Teddy threatened my husband, warned the sheriff that Teddy might try to kill him. My husband gave Teddy ample motive. I know all that. Furthermore, the murder weapon was Teddy's gun. Which was in your possession. Oh, no. I had returned it to Teddy. He denies that. I'm sorry. So? What happens now, hmm? Does Teddy pay through the nose for your murder? Uh, Teddy, of course, was drinking that night. He was brooding. He felt he had been ill-used. It was a, a crime of passion. He may get five or ten years. On the other hand, you could plead temporary insanity. You're psychologically disturbed. You would get an indeterminate sentence to be served under psychiatric supervision and treatment. You could hope to be cured. You can't inherit an estate if it comes to you through an act of murder. Olivia, I'm trying to save By you. By throwing me into prison? By trying to cure you. You can't prove one word of what you're saying. Olivia, you're playing for the highest stakes in the world. Your life, your sanity. My life is in no danger, and I'm perfectly sane. Olivia, you and I know better. You and I know what you felt you had to do. Perhaps. But Teddy has obligingly done it for me. It won't work. Oh, but it's working nicely. Why do you want to rock the boat, Doctor? In the long run, everyone will be happy this way. I still say it won't work, Olivia. It'll backfire. You can't get away with Doctor, it. Doctor, can it be that you are the one who's psychotic? I'm sorry, Olivia. I know what I know. And I'm going to work on it full time. I'll see that justice is done. Off the record, why? Because it's the right thing to do. I couldn't forget that tone in his voice. It just terrified me. This man is out to destroy me. And then I said to myself, don't be a fool. What can he do? Soon the trial will be over and it will all be forgotten. I decided I had nothing to worry about. That's what I decided consciously. And then, a few days later, while waiting to testify at Teddy's trial, the sheriff asked me... Say, Miss Worcester, uh, why'd you buy a gun? A gun? Yeah. thirty-eight caliber revolver. I mean, it's legal in this state and all that, but... But I, uh... uh Jim I... Richards over at the sports shop happened to mention that you picked one up the other day. But I... You really don't need one. And people have more accidents with those things. Well, there it was, in the glove compartment of my car. A thirty-eight caliber revolver, fully loaded, and a sales slip. I looked at my checkbook, and there was the stub. I'd written a check to Jim Richard's sports shop. When? When had I done this? And then I knew. 
I knew it was sleepwalking. Because I remembered everything Dr. Schwartz had told me. And I even knew why I bought the gun. Because I knew I had to kill. And now, I'm sleepwalking again. Now, Mrs. Worcester, let us continue your testimony. You say the defendant entered the room. Yes. I was reading. My husband was typing. And Teddy, uh, Mr. Kellogg, shouted at my husband that he was going to kill him. And what happened? What happened? Uh, he, uh, he fired his revolver at John. He emptied the gun. How do you know he emptied the gun? Because, because he kept pulling the trigger. You could hear it go click, click, click. And the clicking was even more frightening than the shots. And then... I don't know. I fainted. You were a very effective witness today in court. Yes. Believable, sympathetic. But you made the mistake I warned you about. Look, this just isn't going to work. Now, I read the complete report. As a matter of fact, I performed the autopsy. Well? Now, you say he emptied the revolver at John. Yes. The revolver has six chambers. Only three bullets were found in John's body. So? What happened to the other three? I don't know. How would I know? There were six empty shell cases in the gun, but only three bullets are accounted for. Why don't you ask the sheriff? I'll do better than that. I'll tell the sheriff. I'll tell him that he has neglected to look for three missing bullets. I don't see how that could prove anything. Olivia, you're lying. And if you're lying, then Teddy's telling the truth about everything. You never gave him back the gun. You fired those first three shells at an earlier time. It may have been an unsuccessful effort to kill John. You may not even be aware of it. I'll have to ask you to leave. Olivia, I'm not a detective. I'm a doctor. Your doctor. I won't say anything to anybody till tomorrow. You do some thinking tonight. And then in the morning, we'll talk to the sheriff and to the judge together. It's your only chance. speed. All units. A sports car looked like a Simonetti. I couldn't tell. Went by me too fast. Must be doing close to 90 or 100. Heading west on Trumbull. We better bag this idiot before he kills himself and Lord knows who else. Olivia. Olivia, come in. I'm glad you decided to come. Hey, Olivia. That gun. Don't. You, you don't know what you're doing. I know what I'm doing. Olivia, wake up. I'm up. You're, you're sleepwalking. I'm going to kill you. Olivia. I, I have to kill you. You understand that, don't you? It's you and me. And once you're gone, I'll be at peace. At ease. Olivia, listen it's to me. It's your fault. You won't let up on me. Olivia, you'll never you're be at like peace. John was, and that's why I killed him. You also patronized me the way he did. You're so superior. Olivia, I'll be able to help you. Do you know the name of the girl in the opera La Sonambula? Amina. Listen to me, Olivia. Yes. She had courage. She wanted the Duke. So she went to his room. Women like us, we can only express ourselves when we're asleep. I don't want to be cured. Please, Olivia, wake up. I never want to wake up. Never. 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 I'm sorry, Mrs. Worcester. I must arrest you for the murder of Dr. Stephen Schwartz. What? I 
must advise you that you have the right to remain silent. Murder? Your car was seen outside the doctor's house. The shots attracted attention. We have a number of witnesses who saw you coming out. We've looked in the glove compartment of your car, and we have the revolver. But he, he, he was my doctor. Why, why would I want to kill him? You'd know that better than we would. Why? Miss Worcester, you were described as wearing a robe over a nightgown. Man, this could have been uh, a murder of passion. How dare you imply? I'm sorry. I'm only telling you what it looks like. And since you recently purchased the gun, that's premeditation. Which could make it first degree. If, it, if people say they saw me do it, then I must have done it. You want to sign a confession? But I i was walking in my sleep. It, it, it was all sleepwalking. Miss Worcester, as an old hand, let me give you some advice. Don't tell that story. But, but it's true. I do sleepwalk. Ask Dr. Schwartz. Yeah, well, that's, uh, that's the problem. Dr. Schwartz is dead. But it's true. Yeah. Well, for your sake, I can only hope a jury will believe it. And why should they believe it? It looked like a lover's quarrel. I mean, it looked like that. After all, she had been married to a much older man. The victim had been their doctor. And it seemed logical that he may have promised to marry her one day, when she was free, and uh, had reneged on his promise, which is why she bought the gun. Now, isn't that a more believable story? I'll be back in a few moments. and the Boston Pops Orchestra proudly present Music of America. Music of America, the ultimate star-spangled double album collection. 20 tunes that made America great. Over 70 minutes of your favorite American melodies performed by our greatest conductor. And you can get John Williams, the Boston Pops, and 20 classic American songs on two records or one extra long play cassette for just $14.95 plus shipping. Only $15.95 plus shipping for the compact disc. Only through this exclusive radio offer from Teledisc. To order Music of America for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, simply call 1-800-292-3800. That's 1-800-292-3800. Credit cards accepted and satisfaction is guaranteed. Just call 1-800-292-3800 for Music of America. In the spirit of holiday giving, the Wall Street Journal offers the following advice. Give your business associates, friends, or even yourself a gift of real value. A gift that can benefit careers and help get the new year off to a successful start. Give the Wall Street Journal. The journal provides a clear, complete look at the business world, and it's organized to give readers the news they need quickly every business day. From the economy to politics, personal investments to corporate finance, marketing to technology and the law, you'll find it in the journal. What's more, the Wall Street Journal is a gift that will be enjoyed long after the holidays. Now, in fact, you can send a 12-week subscription for only $29.75. That's 12 weeks for only $29.75. 
Call toll-free 800-231-1800. Call now so the Journal's gift card in your name will arrive in time for the holidays. Today's Wall Street Journal, faster, tougher, smarter. Call 800-231-1800 now. How did it all wind up? Teddy Kellogg, who was innocent, got off with a suspended sentence. He's going to marry Teresa. Olivia Worcester is being treated at an institution for the criminally insane. And uh, she may never get out. Unless she discovers a way to escape in her sleep. Whatever you do, don't go to sleep at this time. Because we need a fine, experienced, sensitive audience right here. Seven times a week. Our cast included Tammy Grimes, Robert Dryden, Carol Titel, and Sam Gray. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Since 1941, whenever our troops needed laughter, encouragement, and a little bit of home, the USO was there. We in also have regards from you boys from Betty Grable. She sent you boys the regards. I'm sorry, that's all she sent. Today, nearly five million military personnel and their families live in surroundings that are often unfamiliar, sometimes unfriendly. The USO is still there. Captain Bill Hayden, executive officer, USS Eisenhower. When you guys take the trouble to come out here and visit us, uh, we feel like the country's really behind us. Without you, there'd be no USO. Because the USO is supported by contributions from private citizens. So let our service people know that wherever they're serving, they're not forgotten. The USA still needs the USO. And the USO needs you. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. You're listening to WWJ News Radio 95. I'm Rob Dickinson. In the next few minutes, we'll have complete details on these stories of police pursuit in Pontiac. Ends in an accident. And Domino's Pizza owner Tom Monahan is considering selling his pizza company to his employees. The Hotel Pancha train was supposed to have gone in the auction block this month, but it has received a reprieve. CBS News is next. We'll check out our chilly forecast following CBS News. All news. All the time. News Radio 95. WWJ, Detroit. CBS News. I'm Jim Shenaby. Doctors in Chicago have completed the nation's...